Hey, Team Health Tech. Last week, we gave you a special treat. There was an episode which was a full recording of one of the sessions from the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit, which happened a couple of weeks ago. Well, don't say we don't look after you people on the podcast here, because we're going to do another one. There was just so much good content and conversation from that event that we just love sharing it on the show. See, normally... Summit recordings are only available to members of THT+, which is our membership offering for individuals and companies who want to take their health tech to the next level. And if you're a THT Plus member, you've already got access to this session that I'm about to play, as well as the other 11 from the day as well. But if you're not a THT Plus member and you enjoy this one and you want to hear more, go to THT.plus in your website browser And check out our membership offerings. There's some for individuals and companies. And get in now too, because then you get a free ticket to our Spring Summit, which is happening in September, which is another event that will certainly not disappoint. So in this session we're about to play from the Winter Summit, it's all about entrepreneurial nurses, entrepreneurses, as it were, in Australia. And I've got to say, leading up to this session, just before we went live, looking at some of the backstage chat that was going on, i got to say I was a little bit nervous about how it might go, but the energy in the session was amazing. It was super engaging, and there was just some real genuine and meaningful conversation that I'm sure there are many people who will get lots out of this one listening to it now, so you'll love it. Here we go. Collaboration starts with a conversation. Team Health Tech, let's make it happen. You're listening to sessions from the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit, a full-day virtual event which took place on the 24th of June, Exclusive for THT Plus members and summit ticket holders. The Winter Summit featured over 40 speakers across 12 sessions, attended live by over 150 people. Each session has been made available to you in this podcast mini-series. So listen in, enjoy the sessions, and let's make it happen. This next session is going to be a memorable one, let's say. But like the next session of the Winter Summit is all about the entrepreneurial nurses or entrepreneurs, as it's dubbed. And this one, we've got all nurses doing some great things in the technology space. And Pat moderating the session, complete with headset and all, is Brad. So Bradley Chesham, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to the session. Yeah, look, I'll bring everyone else on and I'll hand it over to you to do and I'll introduce everyone while I do that as well. Brad's the founder and director of Bundle of Rays. He's a THT Plus member. Bradley's been a frontline nurse busy in hospital settings in Australia and the UK. He served in Afghanistan and Iraq as a battlefield nurse. He's also appeared on the podcast back in episode 91 and joining Bradley. Athol is a critical care and emergency nurse and the founder of Forwards, an app designed to assist healthcare workers to control the fundamentals of shift work and offload from the demands of working in healthcare. Athol is a THT Plus member. He's in the community and featured on episode 75 of the podcast. Zara Lord. Zara is a THT Plus member and the CEO and founder of UPaged, which is a healthcare-specific digital marketplace. You can learn all about that in episode 125 of the podcast. And lastly, Ali Stokes. Ali is the co-founder and CEO of Beyond the Clinic, 
with more than 15 years of experience in healthcare management and clinical practice. So there's already a lot of excitement happening in the chat. And like I said, the backstage chat, we're going to have to put it in the community or something because we could write a book about that in itself. But I'll hand it over to Brad to take this session. Over to you, sir. Thanks, Pete. And just a big kudos already. I've tapped in on a few sessions already today. It's been super interesting to hear everybody and the expertise that's coming into the platform is awesome. So um, kudos to you, man. It's a all really good. But over now to the luscious ladies and of course the very handsome Athol Han. Uh, so we've had a brief intro and essentially the reason I suppose we're on here is this ongoing narrative of nurses, innovation and tech. Um, we all sort of work in that space. So we're just perhaps sharing our stories and our thoughts about what that actually really means in the real world, because it's always good to have chat and chat's really good, but it's like ideology with religion. If you don't act upon your ideas, then they're only ever going to be ideas. Zara, you're down in Sydney, hoping you're not going to be fully locked down for too long. Essentially, you're trying to help staff these hospitals that are understaffed. You've got the tech to do it. How do people go about having an idea and building an MVP or having this concept of a business, but then how do they commercialize it in nursing? Like, what does that even look like? If I was a consultant doctor, and I'm not discriminating against consultant doctors, I work with them all the time, but I do feel like there's a little bit of status and credentials that come with that position. And as a nurse on the floor, like, I know all of us have all worked just as nurses on the floor and whatever department. There's not that weight behind our delivery of our ideas. What's your ideas around nursing, commercializing our ideas? Yeah, look, there's a, a couple of things there, Brad, and such a broad question. I feel like I could talk for an hour just on this and one. And be nice. And be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but I, I think we need to see more of the right people solving these problems. And there's no way that a doctor can come in and solve problems with nursing workforce. It's only nurses that really understand what it's like receiving on-demand nurses and doing on-demand work. Workforce mobility is such a big part of the future of the workforce. People want flexibility in their work. And if we can provide that in a more sustainable and higher quality way, I think there's a really big purpose to fill. As a nurse starting this, I think we're in a unique position because with shift work, we've got, I, I've did 12 hour shifts. Uh, so full times three days a week. I had four days a week, every week to work on my business. And I just gradually built up and built up the more hours that I put into the business until I got to a point where it didn't make sense for me to go to a shift because I need to be working on page more. Then when it came to commercializing it, before I spent any money, I think I'd put together a financial model and some pitch decks. I got some early customers. And I think that that was some of the key things to do before you go and spend money or build an app that you think people might want. I validated it with about 500 nurses, completed a survey and gave the current model of recruitment agencies a net promoter score of negative 37, which is pretty shocking considering these nurses have total flexibility over when and where they work and earn a higher rate of pay. So got pretty good validation from the nurse side. And then I put it in front of, it was hard to get in front of them, but I got in front of two hospital CEOs and both were like, well, this makes sense and agreed to pilot. They signed a letter of support that helped me get an MVP grant. And it meant that I had early stage customers and early customers that cared about this model changing. With that, we started in one department. It was very low risk for them. They got all of the compliance on those nurses upfront. So if anything, it was lower risk than what they were currently doing. And I think that's really key with commercializing in healthcare. You can't just win on one element. You can't just be cheaper and you can't just be more compliant. You have to be a greater user experience and help people to know more about the talent that they're receiving. It's got to win for the 
the CFO, the ward manager, the nurse, the CEO, and then create a great, I suppose, have impact that people can get behind as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's some absolute nuggets in there. So you use the word validation. That's going to be my question for Athol in a minute. So no pressure, mate, but don't get it wrong. But really, you said you're a nurse, you're working 12-hour shifts, right? And you had to do financial modelling and a pitch deck. If I said to most nurses, what the hell is a financial model? We're not accountants. I can take you to the toilet and intubate you, but I don't do financial models. So that's this story, isn't it? It's that it's building out what we do into this business environment. That's the challenge. And we're going to talk about things like talent acquisition within nursing and how to drag that across a bit later. But that's a real nugget because you just said that really casually. Oh, like you're my days off. I did some financial modeling. What the hell are you even talking about? People study yeah. years for this type of stuff. So I'm not going to lie. There was a Google search that was how yeah. oh, yeah. to But then I found yeah. great blogs and worked through yeah. it methodically. I also lean on your network. You don't yeah. have to know it. Yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't written a line of code. Well, that's not true. I made a button, but I don't write code and yet I filter now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the other thing you said to, to draw out was that you got an MVP grant and you said that so casually as well. You got two letters of referral, which is great. Getting a grant is like going to church and having God talk to you. It's just that opportunity, that level of success is I've applied for five or six grants in the three years I've had my startup and I don't even get feedback. Getting a grant can be challenging, but that assistance is required, right? Because you know, if you're going to commercialize something, you're either going to take investment and give up equity or you're going to lean on your family and have a high level of risk and, and this associated guilt or you get a grant. So that's awesome. So Athol, I can see you're very serious there, mate. Some of the words that Zara said was around the validation of innovation. She just manned up, ladied up, however you want to say that, and then walked into the office to some CEOs and said, look, man, I've got an idea. To me, not many nurses do that. So Athol works in the space of wellness, support of burnout, looking after healthcare workers in the ground. But how do you validate an idea, Athol? You're from Mackay, small regional hospital. How do you tell the Australian healthcare industry that your idea is good and that they should support you? <laughs> Just like you, Zara, that's, um, that's a fair question and a fair point to get in on. It's a really interesting point. And with my solution where I started, I wasn't as fortunate as Zara to, to have a really refined idea to then go and leverage that. I've been on a bit of a journey multiple times along the path. But what's really stood out in my instance is that I've identified what I was really driven to achieve and what was really driving me. And then I just started asking some questions. Unfortunately, you know, we're talking about innovation and entrepreneurship and nursing. I didn't get the support, really. I didn't feel supported in my workplace or in my environment to really ask mm -hmm. these difficult questions and then trial them out. So I went and did it myself. And one of the comments just before is that nurses get it done. And that's one of the things we do have a great knack of is that we see something we want to make an impact and it's one of our most core drivers so it's a real challenge to really push that validation walking into a ceo's office that has been a challenge it's really refining your idea and what's the value proposition for them as alongside clinical staff and i think that's a real challenge too because as nurses we know the clinical staff we know the environment we built the solution for our colleagues and our team and our mates but really translating that into ceo speak or executive speak is a challenge and it's one i'm enjoying at the moment yeah, awesome. I actually had recently some comments thrown my way about working with a startup. There's obviously New South Wales Health, Queensland Health, et cetera, et cetera. And they're big statewide employers. They're big beasts. It's not easy to turn the battleship. 
And I actually had a comment from a senior, what's the word? They're a decision maker. They said outright, we just don't really know how we can work with you. You're a startup. There's too much risk. That's what they said. And I was literally looking at them like, what are you talking about? Can you imagine any other industry not engaging with innovation because it was just straight up risky? I work in training, so I don't even deal with patients. So the risk is that they spent $10,000, but the costs are associated in healthcare training anywhere are already exorbitant. So I think that risk aversion and understanding what innovation is, is a real balance for these big companies. So kudos to you. Essentially what you said there, Athol, is you put your neck on the line. And in a way, we all have to do that to get an idea into business. So that's awesome. Ali, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Brad. Loving the earrings, loving the earrings on the VC call. Naturally, naturally, you need to look good. Yeah. Looking good. All right. So we've talked about concepts of commercialization and validation of ideas. But you can sort of talk briefly about your solution. But there's the status quo and then there's innovation. And I hate that word. I feel like it's been hijacked. It's really just change, isn't it? And the birth of an idea and it's just progress. But how do we challenge the status quo? Like, what are you doing to say to industry, hey, you're currently doing this, but I see an opportunity here. How do we structure that? Do we write business cases and like Zara said, just say, I can do it for you cheaper? That's not really the messaging, isn't it? It's a more holistic approach. So what are your thoughts about kicking kicking the status quo? Yeah, no, that's great. As nurses and as clinicians, we really understand the problems from the grassroots because they're our problems. (laughs) Or we're advocates for patients and we see it as their problems. So we have this deep level of understanding of what the problem is and what our frustrations are as clinicians and healthcare providers. And so we're actually the most perfect position to solve problems. (laughs) And it's just that know-how. So I think as my journey as a nurse, I've shared the same sort of experiences as all of you. I've been very frustrated with just this is the way we do it because matron Susie told us to do it that way and that's the way we're going to do it for the next 15 years. And then I got really frustrated about saying that this is ridiculous the way we do this. This is inefficient or this is ineffective or people don't like it. And I was quickly kind of maybe pushed out a little bit because I thought I'm going to bang my head against the wall for so long and then I've just got a really bad headache and I need to go. And that's, I suppose, where I'm at at the moment with, with embarking on the entrepreneurial journey. And that really pivots around patient experience and making sure we, we deliver good patient experience that the patients are a part of the care process. So we started just over, just under two years ago, I left corporate and decided to partner with a group of seven orthopedic surgeons and just help them develop their business. And one of the aspects was patient experience and how we can do that better. Challenging the status quo. Are we seriously going to give them packs of paper that they don't understand and read and dismiss and their kids eat it or something? You know, can we not digitalize this and give them the right prompts at the right time and give them the protocol that they get 15, 20 minutes with the surgeon and then they hear all these big words, they're having a life-changing event and they've had all this instruction that they don't really remember uh, and then they go away with a paper pack to, to go and do their healthcare recovery. <laughs> so we started looking at ways of digitalizing that. And I suppose back to your question of just challenging the status quo is just not to be afraid of thinking outside the box. I think often as healthcare providers, we become a little bit institutionalized in the way we think because we're so busy doing all the time that we don't actually give ourselves time to think of how we can do things differently. And so I guess just giving yourself permission to think that laterally and then talking about it. At first, my business partner and I, we were really nervous to talk to anyone about it. And we were like, oh, no, what if it's 
what if they poo-poo it? What if they say no? And we just realized that was that really hamstrung us in our growth. And the minute we started talking about it and validating it and everyone like, I have the same problem. Oh, that's great. You're working on this. This is going to be fantastic for my patients as well. So yes. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I think we've sort of got the origin of an idea to business, but I think the reality is, I don't know about you guys, but I've been on my startup journey for about three years and it's been borderline the hardest thing I've ever done. It's lonely. I've had mental health issues. I've got two babies at home. It's not a glamorous part of business because there's so many challenges because you have that, what's the word? Internal reflection is like, what am I doing? Where is this going to go? How does this realize into something tangible for actual nurses or actual patients and having the vision like I think listening to you three you all have a vision and having a vision and writing it on the wall is so important and essentially what we're just talking about is the railroad to get to that vision right but what then happens and I've sort of looking at this recently is that you look back and you think well hang on I have done this and I'm doing all right I'm doing okay what about those junior nurses that are like first year and second year out of uni and they have this little idea what's the next generation for business-minded nurses who are in the industry and I wouldn't call us leaders but we have a bit of experience maybe subject matter experts around startup culture and processes what is it that we can do for talent acquisition to help the nursing industry specifically because I know for sure there was never any chat about financial models are or getting your idea Athol realized and perhaps offering nurses that opportunity to say, listen, when you're using IMR and you realize that it's totally time-wasting, it's not face-to-face with a patient, and we identify all these problems with tech, and we have some solutions, how are we going to help the future to grow these ideas? Athol, do you want to start that? And we can probably go around and if we've got any ideas about talent acquisition, tapping a nurse on the shoulder and say, you know what, you've got some good ideas. Even if you are a junior in the concepts of the clinical world, you can help the industry. Yeah, absolutely, Brad. And it's a challenge and it's definitely healthy for the workforce, supporting junior nurses that are thinking outside the box and all want to do more, you know, want to impact more lives and create a life that is fulfilled. And there's definitely some things we can be doing. And, you know, we can look at other countries that are already doing this really well. And the U.S. is one. TMC, the Texas Medical Center, have aligned up with accelerator programs, which we're just starting to realize here in Australia with the Gold Coast University Hospital lining up with the Lumina X program, which Brad and Ali and myself are involved in. And it's really encouraging that the hospitals are keen to lean in on this entrepreneurial spirit. And I think something else you and me have spoken about is this teaching of innovation within universities. And one of my advisors over in the US, she's working directly with Ohio State. She's an entrepreneur in residence there. And embedding this thinking within the culture and within the curriculum is so important. And they're having great results. And they're seeing nurses pop up all sorts of businesses. They're not leaving the profession. They're just creating different things to, you know, a bit more variety in their life from a business sense. That's where I would start anyway. Zara, what's your thoughts there? I have a lot of opinion on this. One of the biggest factors is seeing people that look like me doing things like that. It's seeing nurses running innovation projects and being supported for that. If they're seeing us fail or not get a leg up or not get an in, whereas as soon as nurses start seeing that it might not be big wins, but chipping away, if they're seeing people run innovations, doing cool stuff, having an impact, having media opportunities, having a voice in the nursing community, it's just another type of nurse leader that's out there that can be a role model to the industry. Yeah, awesome. Ali? 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's breaking that traditional mold and just really finding the other innovators. And I think that's so fantastic about this mm. panel discussion is that you find your tribe and then you leave behind the ones that you bang your head against the wall and you really spur on each other. And I think the other thing, just to the point that I made before, is just give yourself permission to think laterally because I think that for me for, me, for a long time, I was like a little bit intimidated by the medical health model. And I think it's a little bit of a cultural thing, you know. So just really starting to say that, yes, you have got good ideas and then find the other people that will support them. The haters are always going to hate. So don't waste your time there. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah, all right, cool. The other thing is we've all got businesses now. We've incorporated and I love that. And I think the real interesting part, probably about the original question is how do we commercialize? We can go to industry and this is for a lot of nurse entrepreneurs who have business ideas is people say, oh, how can I support you? And I'll be honest, people say this all the time, but very few people really deliver. And I'm not like character assassinating here. I think it's just really understanding what we need. So when I have CEOs and people say, oh, you know, how can we support you? The way that I see that is that it's not being more active on my LinkedIn. It's not having a chat to the staff. It's by doing business with us, starting pilot programs, getting us in, just even if it's just market feedback from a cost neutral perspective, basically it's like, give us a go in the industry to prove our problems. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Ali, if you have this product and you just wanna go to say New South Wales Health and you say, look, I've got this thing, I think it can work. We've got an MVP. Let me give it a go. That ability should just be part of the industry, I think, because that's progress, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. I think you mentioned that we have visions, right? I think it's really important that we maintain our vision and we hold that true and that is our North Star. However, I think it's really important to be agile with your approach. And the word agile, it's also a bit of a buzzword, but it's a little bit like you need to be a detective in healthcare and it's called strategy. (laughs) So you need to be able to think like, you have to then actually put your feet into the CEO's shoes and the nurse unit manager's shoes and the surgeon's shoes. And you need to start thinking about this problem, not just what your problem is that you wanna solve, but you wanna see, think strategically like, okay, well, how's this gonna solve the problem for other people around my ecosystem? And then starting to think a little bit strategic when you approach your problem from a different perspective. So I think that would be my main advice there. Yeah, okay, super. I'm just reading a few of the questions that are coming in. We've got five minutes, so we might just target some of these questions for some good ones here. I've got Nathan here who's from Sydney. Good question. If you're a nurse and you have an idea, want some innovation, how do you tackle actual or perceived conflicts of interest? Now, I'm just going to talk to this really quickly, is that I've had this problem pop up, and in actual fact, it's been an obstruction, a legal obstruction, where rather than getting support, I've actually had to stop for three months to navigate this perceived conflict of interest, which wasn't even there. And essentially, sometimes if you're an employee, it's like your employer needs to give you the approval to follow the idea, Mm -hmm. even though the idea is industry related. So any thoughts on how to navigate perceived conflicts of interest besides cutting free? Yeah. Do you want want to take this one, Zara? Yeah, I actually had someone give me the (laughs) actually had someone give me the analogy once that if we were a mother sitting at home looking after a baby and not working, we wouldn't know that this opportunity exists. Therefore, the intellectual property could be owned by my employer. 
it, it, it's so unmotivating. I was like, well, what's the point in, in anyone working to solve this challenge? The person I was speaking to backed down really quickly from that when we delved further into the conversation because I said, well, it's really unmotivating to think that my employer might take 66% of what I'm working on, but wait until it gets successful and then take it. It's a really... Um, a really unmotivating thing. At the end of the day, I just gradually removed myself from it. I made sure I didn't work on it during work hours at all. I had very minimal discussions about it at work other than to have a formal chat with my manager about it just to let her know what I'm doing and the parameters around when and where I'm doing it. But it's meant that I haven't wanted to reach out to them to be a potential pilot site because there's that conflict in there. So yeah, it was definitely difficult and it did feel lonely, you got the odd little comment. A lot of people supportive of the idea because they believe in the problem solution space. But it was a challenging one to navigate that in addition to you don't know what the hell you're doing with everything else in startup world. To have that thrown in and not have the support was it was a big factor at the time. I leaned on my network and worked our way through it, but it was a really big factor. Yeah, yeah. And it can weigh on you. The idea that you could just have your employment stripped from you because of this vision that you're chasing. It can be can be a tricky one to be in. Just having some of the other questions here, I've got Lindsay who's talking about leadership concepts and opportunities. So we sort of touched on those topics around how we can put ourselves into certain scenarios, but what's the future? We've got two minutes. What's the future for this nursing innovation tech process? Do we keep going on these accelerator programs and getting grants or how does the nursing community push forward? Athol? I think it's it's just continually moving forward. It's having these sort of conversations, which is fantastic, is, you know, leaning in on the nurses that are, are trying to do this. And I think it's just continually trying to have these open conversations and and not just us that are at the forefront here is leaning on the nurses that have moved up into the C-suite of companies like in Telstra Health and other companies and lean in on them as mentors. And there's this nice mentorship that I think we could lean in on more because if you feel that certainty and that connection in a group, like Ali was saying, I think that will help. I love that analogy, lean in. I think about lean in and I pick up a crowbar <laughs> because sometimes gently leaning in, it's like, no, no, I've really got to get in there with a hard metal object to make this happen. And the other hot word, I've listened to quite a few chats today is ecosystem. If I hear ecosystem again, I'm literally going to get an AK-47 because what is an ecosystem in healthcare? Realistically, just it's not what you think, it's what you do. Show me your actions. And to see an ecosystem from a distance can be really powerful when it's operating, it's functional, but we're coming into these ecosystems and we have to provide the infiltration pathways. And I think that's a lot of what we discussed today, but kudos team, I think we did good. We're right on time. Pete, yeah. where's the beers? We're ready to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it does not surprise me whatsoever. No, but look, Bradley, thanks so much for moderating such a legitimate, passionate panel of people really doing some meaningful things in healthcare. And judging by the chat, there was a lot of good support from everyone. So thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having us. I hope you enjoyed this session from the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit. If you wanted to check out the other 11 sessions that took place on the day and also want to check out the recordings from the Autumn Summit earlier this year and also attend all our future summits, become a THT Plus member by going to THT.plus and get access right away. And our Spring Summit is coming up later this year, so check out all the details about the event in our community forum or on the website to learn more. Go to TalkingHealthTech.com. See you then. Thanks for listening to the show. 
Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.